Hello, hello. Welcome back to my Big Sisters podcast. I'm doing my best to put on a better tone, but I simply cannot. (laughs) I'm not in the best mood at all. And I really didn't want to miss a week because I'm trying to be consistent with this. Oh my God, even my tone, like nobody wants to hear me like this. <laughs> I'm pissing myself off. Um, I had so many ideas for this week's episode and I had better intentions, but I'm just not there. Um, and usually when, well, this is one of my personal moral codes is when I don't have anything to contribute, when I don't have anything to say, when I know that I'm not able to give a hundred percent, I promised myself I would always give the truth. The truth means a lot to me and being truthful means a lot to me and I like to lead with the truth, being honest with myself and being honest with others. I'm just too depressed today. Today is Sunday. Um, The podcast, I'm going to put it out tonight, 12 a.m. for a Monday episode. And I'm just, I feel like I'm not like an unhappy person, but (laughs) I wouldn't just... I've said this to my friend before. Um, I describe it as you just live with a broken heart. So you're not, you just like learn to live with it. So it's not like you're super happy and like, (laughs) oh my God, I don't even know what that would look like. But it's not like you're depressed all the time. And I guess some people call it high functioning depression or who knows? There's a fucking label for everything. And, um, Most of the time, I'm optimistic and high-functioning, despite always having a broken heart. And this week, I just... I'm not very high-functioning. So I'm going to be honest with you and just tell you what the fuck is going on. And it probably will make me feel better um, to talk about it. I just feel a lot of shame because I don't want it to be like a trauma dump. So I'll make this my disclaimer. (laughs) If you are not in the mood to hear somebody complain, especially me, if you are not in the mood to hear about anyone else's problems, if if you don't want to hear it, I understand. (laughs) Shut this off and come back next week and just skip this one. But if you are in the mood and maybe you want to you want to commiserate with me, would that be the right word or whatever, then stay and listen. But it's just not going to be, I'm going to, I'm still going to be myself, obviously, but I just, I can't talk about hot topics. I can't talk about Halloween I just don't give a fuck because I'm just, 
I'm just sad today. You know, when I was a kid, I had a therapist. I think I was 13 or 14, maybe younger. And I asked her if I was depressed. And she said, she was so great. She ended up moving. That's why I stopped going to her. But um, she was really great. And she said, you're not depressed. You're just very, very sad. And you're allowed to be very, very sad. Everything you're going through validates being really sad. And I always remember that because I believe she was, I mean, I'm 31 now. That was like when I was 12 or 13. I don't know. But she was right. Not everything is depression. It's okay to be really, really sad sometimes. And I think people try to put it in a box or categorize it because that makes it easier to solve. Or people don't like to hear other people feeling sad, especially if you're a woman. (laughs) Especially if you're a woman. Especially if people think you're attractive. Especially if people think you have money or success of any form. They don't want to hear that you're sad and they, you know, why are you sad? You're so beautiful. (laughs) Or like, want to call it depression, but truthfully, sometimes it's just you're really sad. And that's how I feel today. I don't feel like this every day. I really don't. It actually caught me off guard because I felt like I was dealing with things a lot better. But I guess, what do they, what do people say? Healing isn't linear. (laughs) Healing is not linear. It's not. It's not. You know, I don't think we wake up one day and everything feels better. I think there's moments of that. And I think we find ourselves in places where things don't feel as heavy. Um, And then there's days where, you know, I haven't even showered yet. <clears throat> it's five o'clock PM. <laughs> Haven't even showered yet. Um, so this is what's going on. This is why I'm feeling very, very sad today. Um my god, I haven't really spoken about the details of my health anywhere. Um, with anyone. I guess with my mom, but that's really it. Um, okay. Where do I begin? Maybe on a different episode, I can go into better detail, but basically my medication stopped working last year and I have new lesions on my brain. So we had to switch my treatment to infusions. (laughs) I'm such a pussy. Do you hear me getting choked up? I was just talking about this with my mom, like... I simply cannot (laughs) like I if I could fucking sell my soul to not have this disease anymore I would like I would literally join the Illuminati (laughs) to not have this anymore I don't know what it is talking about it reading it saying certain words it just uh, holy shit like fucking pisses me off it makes me sad all of the things right and I don't even mean to be choked up I think I just think that I'm already like not in a good mental place so everything is going to make me want to (laughs) cry so basically I have to switch to infusions I had my first and I had my first two infusions in April right 
Oh my god, is he home? Let me see what that is. He might be home and I might not be able to finish. Hold on. Oh no. That was somebody else. Okay, great. Um, I had my first infusion. I think it was April. And the way it works is... Well, the first infusion, right? Let me explain to you how it works. The first infusion... You're, I'm, I'm supposed to get 600 milligrams of, I'm not going to say it because then it's going to fucking come up on my for you page and stuff. It's an infusion, it's an infusion treatment. Okay. <laughs> it's a, it's a fucking drip bag of the medication. And for your first one, you have to get two different sessions of 300 milligrams. Because it's too hard on your body to get all 600 at once the first time. So my first two were in April. The first session, well, first of all, when I found out that I have to switch, <laughs> I didn't take that well, as you could probably tell. And then when I went for the infusion, the first one, I didn't take that well because it's in a center you basically go into it's 1470 madison avenue new york something like that it's an infusion center in the city in manhattan and the room it's basically like suites you, you know like an er room and there's there's different little rooms with a bed and you know so they're not big rooms and it's not really a hospital room but it's like mini rooms of a hospital chair the one that reclines and the IV pole and the stuff to check your stats, I guess. Nurses will know. And if you get infusions, you, you'll know. If you're a sick person, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's like the mini suites with, um, you know, you're just there for the infusion. So the first appointment, you're allowed to bring a guest for moral support because it's it's a huge transition. And listen, I'm not a fucking idiot. Obviously, like, this doesn't seem like a big deal, right? We've all had an IV at some point in our life. If you've had a baby, you've had you've been on an IV. And, you know, if you've been sick, you go into the hospital. They, they always give fluids. They always give an IV. It's just, it looks the same. It looks the same. Like, if you had to go in for hydration or whatever, which I've done before, it looks exactly the same. If you've even had the IV where they come to your house and do it after like for a hangover it that's what it looks like it's nothing it's hard I'll explain my treatment because it is hard on your body but as far as how the room looks it looks the same um but the part that is so painful is knowing why you're there so the first appointment they're supposed to allow one person with you for moral support well, because of the COVID, they gave me a hard time about my mom coming with me. And I had a full panic attack in the lobby because um, they didn't want to let her up. And we confirmed. So we didn't just show up like a couple of idiots like, oh, I thought my mom could come. No, no, no. We spoke to the manager on the floor. We spoke to my doctor. We spoke to all the people that we we had to speak to to confirm that she can come with me because I can do a lot of things and I have hyper independence. I do everything by myself. 
I've lived by myself. I do tons of shit by myself, right? But when it comes to this, I'm nearly catatonic. Like I, I, do you have anything in your life where you're like, I can't do it? Like a phobia or something? That's what it feels like. Like think about jumping out of a fucking plane. That's what I feel like before a doctor's appointment. It's irrational. It's dramatic. But I simply can't do it unless I'm medicated, of course. Because this was new to me, I couldn't medicate because I didn't know what the fuck to expect. I'm sure if I showed up medicated on all types of shit that I can concoct, they would be like, "Mm, we can't give you the infusion. (laughs) And I'm panicking, thinking I need this fucking infusion because my medication stopped working. Oh my God. So, and I know why it stopped working and we can get into that on a different episode, but. Well, I don't know why it's not working. Sometimes they just don't work. Here nor there today. Um, So we get to the lobby and this lady, my mom is looking for parking. I'm in the lobby by myself and I'm telling her like, I'm just going to wait for my mom. My mom's coming. And in the lobby, the security is like, no, no, no. You can't have a guest on the infusion floor. And I was like, no, no, no. This is my first appointment. I'm allowed to have a guest. And they were like, no, she can't come up. And uh, 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 like I started panicking. Also because the lady in front of me had a cane and she was also going to the infusion center. And I guess this is called internal ableism or maybe it's just a trigger for me or I don't, I don't really know. But when I see people in wheelchairs or with canes or disabled, I go into a panic and not just like in my head internalized. I stop breathing. And it happens so fast. It's, I was diagnosed with a panic disorder. Like it just, I go from A to B, right? Like A is neutral and B is I can't breathe. And there's no time in between for me to like decompress and have tools to get myself to calm down. Well, I guess I was already worked up because of the infusion, but I had my mom with me. So I was kind of feeling okay. I was like, you know, like be a shark. We're going to do this. <laughs> like my mom is so great about this stuff. She makes me feel way better about it. Um, And she wasn't with me when I checked in because she was looking for parking. This is all the way in Harlem. There is no parking. It's a hassle. It's crazy. So, you know, I didn't want to be late for the appointment. So she let me out to go park. So that's why I was downstairs by myself person in front of me had a cane so I was already like please I fucking lost it when this lady was like your mom can't come up and then I stopped speaking and the lady was like are you okay and I was like I I was like you don't trying to get out I couldn't breathe I was trying to get out like you don't understand like my mom has to come with me because I started panicking I'm thinking I'm gonna have to go upstairs this experience is new she's not gonna be with me all the crate you know how anxiety works Things that aren't going to, your brain tells you things that aren't actually going to happen or the things that are going to happen seem worse in your head than what it actually is, right? So I go back outside and I'm panicking and my mom's like, okay, I'm on, I'm, I'm right around the corner. I'm coming right now. Don't worry about it. And then I started feeling really selfish because my infusion starts in 15 minutes and I'm downstairs being a fucking crybaby and it's selfish because it holds up the nurses. It holds up the appointments after me. And it's just rude. Like, you have to fight for these sessions. This is not easy to get. My insurance also didn't approve this infusion. 
So I'm taking the spot of someone else, someone else that probably needs the infusion as well. So I was thinking all these things like I can't be down here fucking panicking when I have the privilege to go get this treatment. So I was saying that in my head as I was calling my mom. So then I hung up with my mom and I forced myself to go in and go up and do it alone because I was like, I can't take this spot and not show up when I was privileged to get this spot to get the treatment. Do you follow what I'm saying? Like, yes, I was having a fucking crisis, but also I had to acknowledge the privilege that I was even able to get the treatment and fucking suck it up and get the infusion done. Like, I can't just cry my way out of shit. You know what I mean? So I went back in. I apologize to the lady for melting down. I checked myself in. I went up to the infusion center and basically what I did was, well, I always keep my sunglasses on because I get migraines. Um, so I'm typically wearing sunglasses inside, especially a place with a lot of windows. This lobby had tons of windows. So I was really, really, um, I, I wear my sunglasses and I was also just like tearing up. So, you know, so I went in and I just kind of kept my head down and I didn't look at anyone because I'm like, okay, I have to get myself into, I have to go meet the nurses and check in. I don't want to see anybody else and trigger myself even worse. And like, again, checking my privilege because I am privileged to get the treatment. I can't be holding these people up. I'm sure they worked all fucking day. I'm sure these nurses are fucking exhausted. Oh, so anyway, I go in and I call my mom from upstairs and I'm telling her where it is. Like, okay, when you go to the fourth floor, it's down this way. And then you make it right and blah, blah, blah. Because what is Cindy going to do? She's going to sneak in, hon. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yep, because listen, I have respect and everything, but there's no logic behind why she couldn't come up. I don't want to fucking hear it. We can argue about this all day, but there's no logic. If there's husbands who can go into the delivery rooms despite of COVID and blah, 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 my mom can come with me to the infusion because if I'm, stop it, there's no fucking logic. She literally drove me here. So if I have COVID, she's got COVID. So if I'm testing fucking negative she's testing negative we did the rapids we checked everything give it a fucking break i have antibodies like i fucking can't deal with this shit which is another thing i can't get vaccinated because of this infusion you could look it up you can't i can't get any type of vaccines because it would basically just send my immune system into a fucking meltdown so give me a fucking break if my mom is with me what is the difference and if everybody else can go and do a b and c why can't my mom be with me in the infusion center? Like she'll wear a mat. Like, well, please let's use logic, but you know how it goes. Like every building makes up different rules that don't really make sense. If everything is wear a mask and ah, 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 okay, then do it across the board. But you can't tell me that there's husbands in delivery rooms for obviously new babies where you don't even know if the baby has a compromised immune system yet. But my mom, whom we're literally getting tested, we're, we're going to get tested when we get upstairs as well, all of the things, and she still can't be with me? Meanwhile, we were just in the car together for 45 minutes on the way here? It makes no sense. And mind you, you're allowed to order Uber Eats up to the infusion center. So what is that? The fucking Uber Eats driver can come in? Like the whole thing is just, do you know, are, do you follow me here? I'm not an anti-masker. I've been wearing a mask since way before COVID, like 2015. I've always worn a mask on on any populated area. 
I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get other people sick. Like I've always been this way about any type of infection. So it's not like I'm, you know, you know what I mean? You know the vibes. That's not what this, this is. But I mean logic. Like don't do this. I'm already suicidal. Like I'm already devastated that I'm even here. That I'm even here. Like I don't want to fucking be here. Privilege or not, I don't want to be here. And I, my mom can't come with me. Also, you're telling a mother she can't be with her kid. And I might be 31, but moms know. Like, I'm still her child. So you're trying to tell a mother she can't go and be there with her kid? Come on. <laughs> I already have a disease that's not going to go away. You're going to tell her she can't be with me while we deal with it? Like, that's fucking insane. They do it for the MRIs. They do it for everything like every fucking appointment she can't come with me it's it's insane i'm gonna take a sip of my drink hold on so cindy snuck up she did stay with me before she was able to find it because it took a little bit for her to be able to sneak up i was up there by myself in the infusion room and thank god the nurses were so nice because they were asking me questions and the whole first i cried the whole time (laughs) i just cried the whole time the whole time they were asking me questions and she was like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, I'm okay. I'm just really, she was like, what's the matter? And I said, I'm just really sad that I'm here. I'm just really sad that I'm here. I can't believe that I'm here. I have a really hard time accepting it. But they were really sweet and um, they brought me, <laughs> they brought me like all the snacks and stuff. Like there's, um, they're really good to you in the infusion center. My mom not being able to come up has nothing to do with the nurses in the infusion center. And in the center, they're really, really kind, like really sweet people. They really took care of me. And I don't, what else did I do? I don't really remember the rest because listen to this, I'm allergic to the treatment. So a lot of people are, your body will react to it until you're used to it. So they give you Benadryl to start. As soon as the Benadryl, I knocked out. As soon as the Benadryl wore off, my skin started bubbling and my throat started getting tight and itchy. So they had to give me more Benadryl again. So I was only awake. It takes six hours, um, the infusion. It takes six hours. You lay there for six hours. And um, I slept for most of it because I don't take anything sleepy. Like... Anything will make me fall asleep because I don't take any of that type of stuff. I never take Benadryl. I don't take any allergy pills, really. I try not to. But Benadryl, I've never taken before this. So it knocked me out. And then when it wore off, I will... They wake you up every fucking 20 minutes. So I was like asleep, but it's like hard to sleep sleep because they come in every 20 minutes to check your vitals. And they have to ask you. (laughs) Literally, I'm going to get it tattooed on me because... They check your vitals and they ask you for your first and last name and your birth date every 20 fucking minutes. So you're drugged on Benadryl trying to just get through. I'm making it sound like it's open heart surgery. It's not. It's it's easy to do. But every fucking 20 minutes they come in and wake you up because they need you to confirm your chart of your name and, and birth date. I'm going to get it tattooed <laughs> like right where I get the IV. I'm going to get my fucking name and birth date like two nurses. This is my name and birth date. Like stop. <laughs> let me sleep. I'm already depressed. I already don't want to be here. Just let me sleep. 
no, it's not their fault. I get why they do that because people mix up patients. It's, I know a lot of shit happens in a hospital and it's insurance reasons and blah, blah, blah. So that was my first session. Um, what, any, I don't think anything else eventful happened. Oh, this is the eventful part. It hurts. So it doesn't hurt while you're getting the infusion. While you're on the IV, it doesn't hurt. By the time you leave, it feels like you have the flu. And it feels like you have COVID. Well, I had COVID real bad, but it feels like the flu. If you've had the flu, you know, the body pains and fever and like you want to, like it's so painful. That's what it feels like. It feels like that from the time you're done or until like the Benadryl helps it a little bit. Once the Benadryl wears off, uh, it feels like the flu bad, like bad body pains. And it feels like that the entire next day. Tylenol helps. Um, but it's not a hundred percent. It just hurts. So I remember it hurts so bad. It was miserable. It was so fucking painful. So I'm not looking forward to that this week. I go on Tuesday, by the way. That's why I'm sad. That's my point. I go on Tuesday. Then two weeks later, I had to get the next 300 milligrams and, um, I went by myself. I told my mom I wanted to go by myself. I went by myself. Because I just didn't want to fucking deal with them giving me a hard time. And then what is my mom going to do? Take off of work and sit downstairs from this infusion center if she couldn't come back up? It's just insane. And I've called and explained this to people because the other thing is I'm on Benadryl when I leave and I'm in Harlem. So I'm expected to either drive back, which is not safe, or get on the subway, which is not safe, or get in an Uber, which is not safe, drugged on fucking Benadryl. Like, I, I don't know what they expect, but that's really just, I don't know. They don't care, I guess, because I hope I don't sound entitled saying that, but I'm just thinking for my safety and just, I'm done around six o'clock and I'm supposed to just get on the train, even though um, I'm shaking my leg. My voice is shaking. I'm not going to cry. I'm shaking my leg and, and it's like shaking my voice. I'll stop. Um, yeah, I don't know what they expect, but. Anyway, I did the next one by myself and my boyfriend doesn't come because he's home with Cher. He'll leave work to go um, make sure Cher is okay because I'm gone for so long. Do you know what I mean? Like she could be by herself, but not that, that not that many hours because you have to think about the commute there. I'm in the infusion for six hours and then the, the commute back. So he's here with her while I'm getting the infusion. So it's not like he can come pick me up. It's just a fucking nightmare. And in addition to this, I don't have anybody else as far as family. I just have my mom, really. As far as like caretakers, I just have my mom. I don't have, I don't have family members on Staten Island. I don't have close friends. I don't have, that's really it. And um, yeah, so taking the train back or... I guess, Ubering all the way. Those are my only options if it's not my mom. So the second infusion I did by myself, and again, when I got there, I just cried until they sedated me. And I felt so bad because I didn't want to put that on the nurses. Like, but they don't have to hold space for me either. Like, they could just work around me. And I told them, like, it's it's just how I feel. I just don't want to be here. I just don't want to be doing this and alone. I don't want to do this alone. 
And I think the last time the nurse was so sweet and she was just telling me how great the treatment is that people go in who don't, who don't walk well and they started this treatment and like, and then in a year or two, they start walking again, which I've heard. And that's great. Listen, I get it. Like I said, I know, I know this is a privilege and I know that being able to get this treatment is such a blessing. Like, thank fucking God there was another option for me. I just can't help the way my broken heart feels. Like, I can't help it. And I do my best. I went. (laughs) I cried. I cried until I was sedated. And I was talking to you guys, too. I was watching the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case and, you know, following that case. That's probably why I got, like, hyperfixated on it because following the case just really took my mind off of um, how depressed I was dealing with it. And that was in April. And six months later, here we are. I have to get another one. So I, I have to do this every six months in addition to an MRI because there was new lesions on my brain the last MRI six months ago. I have to now get an MRI every six months until lesions stop popping up. So I also have an MRI this month at the end of the month. And my doctor told me that... um the treatment doesn't work right away. It probably tries, but they usually don't expect any type of results until, you know, a year later. So it's possible that when I go back for my MRI, there might be lesion, more lesions. Uh, so that should be really fun. <laughs> Looking forward to it. No, I'm really not. I, I just like to joke when I can, but um, the MRI is, is a it takes a toll on me as well. I Again, I don't know why. I never thought I was a claustrophobic for person, but now I, now I know I am. But for the MRIs, I do medicate. So for my MRI appointments, um, did I lose track of my timeline? No, I think I said it. So the reason I'm sad today is because I have an infusion Tuesday. So if you're listening to this on Monday, I go in tomorrow. And on Tuesday, I get a full 600. So it's not just 300, I get a full 600. So I don't know how much Benadryl I'm going to need. And I don't know how painful it's going to be the day after. Because it, it hurts bad. It hurts really bad. It feels like the flu, but worse. Like, it feels like your bones ache from the inside out. It, you feel, it's so painful you want to, like, throw up. You ever feel that much body pain? That's what it feels like. Um, But my mom is coming. She's going to come with me. I don't know if she's coming up to the infusion on Tuesday, but she's coming. She's, I, she's definitely going to be there to pick me up, and then she's coming home with me, and then she's staying with me while he's at work, Wednesday to take care of me and share because like I said I don't have anybody else so when my body hurts I need someone here to walk her and make sure share is okay and like you know just for emergencies too like not just walking it's you know what if something happens and I'm in so much pain I can't move and this because this is a bigger dose um my mom is going to come here and stay with me until my boyfriend's back from work 
and then he could walk share, you know, just to have someone around. And that's fine. Um, but the part that makes me sad is one that I have to do it at all. It just feels like I'm such a burden. Yeah. I don't think I've told anybody that. It just feels like I'm such a burden. Like I feel ashamed and embarrassed. For my mom to have to take off of work for her 31-year-old. Or for my boyfriend to know that, like, I just feel bad. I just feel really bad. And I know this is a thing, because I think I've told my neurologist this before. And she suggested, which I'm sure you guys are thinking, like, bitch, go to therapy. We are not your fucking therapist. Well, today you are, okay? You could shut this off whenever you want to. (laughs) I know that I can go to therapy. And um, my neurologist, so basically for people like me, there is certain there's a specific type of therapy that you can go to there's social workers just for people like me um which is great I'm just not there yet because I know that will mean I have to unpack all of it and I'm afraid of what that will mean do you know what I'm saying like you ever go to a therapy session and you just fucking feel worse after Like, I don't want to fucking do that. Like, I want to go back to, I want to get this episode out. I want to have you guys. And then I want to go back to disassociating. Like, I want to go back to making jokes. I don't want to go to a therapy session and and say all these things, I guess. Because obviously there's more to it. This is, I'm just skimming the surface here. Anyway, part of this podcast, I, I don't know if any of you are new, but if you listen to the first two episodes... The main idea of this podcast is to explain these things on top of, you know, discussing the fun stuff. So I think maybe if I talk about this more, it will get me to go to therapy and consider it. I am going to tell my neurologist. So my appointment, my MRI is at the end of the month and I'm going to tell her, hey, like, remember you told me I can get a social worker? Why don't we go ahead and move forward with that, okay? (laughs) Because (laughs) I'm so many years out from when I've been diagnosed and I feel like I've mentally only gotten worse with time when I thought it would be the reverse. I'm a big believer that, I'm stumbling. I'm a big believer that time does not heal all wounds. I don't think it does. I think that, I think that's bullshit. And I do think that for a lot of people, it makes it worse. Like who even fucking thought of that? Time heals all wounds. Huh? What? Like, excuse me, that does not apply to everyone. Somebody fucking made that up. So anywho, that's really the pain. That's why I'm sad. That's why I'm sad. Because I only have my mom. She doesn't live on Staten Island. That bothers me. Um, But she doesn't live on Staten Island. And Long Island is so... It's not far, but it's such a fucking pain in the ass to go back and forth. But even having it all put on her really upsets me. That she also has to do it alone. She has to do this alone as well. 
And um, just looking at it from the outside, she has a sick child. And she didn't plan to do this alone, but she is doing it alone. And that to me is just, it pisses me off. It makes me really angry. It makes me really sad. Even though she's doing a great job at it. First of all, a round of applause for Cindy, okay? She fucking kills it. (laughs) She's so good. I don't want to say her calling is a nurse because I know that nurses have, you know, they have it really hard, but, um, she just, just an incredible caretaker, especially when it comes to serious illnesses, which I'm like, is that even, I'm thinking to myself, as I say this, is that even like something that you want to be? I don't think so. (laughs) Like no one like aims to be that, but unfortunately she is. She's very savvy in the medical field down to billing codes. Okay. She speaks the fucking language and savvy enough to sneak up to wherever I am, whatever hospital I'm in, whatever ER, savvy enough to know what hospital to go to, treatment plans, so many, just so good at stuff. And you don't realize, you don't realize what a blessing that is until you need to be good at it. Because there's so many things that people don't know about the healthcare system and the way these things work and how hard you need to advocate for yourself. Because there are so many times that, that they've tried to give me fucking pills for shit and just things that I, that we both know are not going to work with my body. But if you don't pay attention, a lot of things can go wrong in the hospital. So to have her, have a Cindy on your team is fucking, that's a blessing as well. And I, I am really grateful. And I hope that me complaining, I hope it doesn't come off as like, I'm ungrateful because listen, I'm aware of my privilege. I know where I'm sitting. I do. It's just some days I can't be happy. That's all. I know that 98% of the time I am. 98% of the time I shut the fuck up. I don't tell anybody when it bothers me. I don't complain. I'm never complaining about this. I might have complaints, but I'm never complaining about this. Because I know people have it worse. I'm one of those people that always says there's people who have it worse. Think of that. I know people have it worse. I know that. But sometimes I just can't be happy. And I feel like that today. Because I have the infusion on Tuesday. And I'm sure I will be like this after I get my fucking MRI at the end of the month. So for the infusion, I can't, I can't medicate prior. I asked them if I could do shrooms and edibles. (laughs) She was like, girl. (laughs) But I'm thinking, here's my logic with this. Um, I don't know if other people will, will agree. You can let me know. But I just feel like when you have a lifelong illness that doesn't go away and is degenerative, you kind of get a fucking pass for some shit. And I will die on that hill, okay? You could shame whoever you want about recreational drug uses and have your thoughts. But trust me, if you were in the same position, you'd be doing whatever you can to find comfort in the hard days. Okay. At least I don't fucking, I purposely don't drink when I'm really upset. I don't take, um, when I'm really, really sad, like today, I purposely avoid alcohol and cigarettes and other things because 
I don't want to band-aid it that way and then it becomes a habit. Um, I used to abuse alcohol, so I'm not trying to do that. And yeah, so I do this part sober. But as far as like appointments and stuff, mm, I'm going to take edibles and whatever I fucking can. So I did ask if I could take shrooms for the the infusion. She was straight up like, I don't even know. I think I can though. (laughs) I think I can. I'm not going to because I don't want to fuck up the results of the medication. But I feel like if you know, can you tell me? I feel like the two have nothing to do with each other. I don't know. I'm going to ask my doctor because I'll speak to her at the end of the month. And that's when I'll ask her. I didn't want to put it in I didn't want to put it in an email on the, on the, you know, the portal. Well, I'm assuming like everyone goes to the doctor as much as I do. When you go to the doctor as much as I do, you have a whole portal where all of your doctors communicate and can keep up to date with all of your bullshit. So I didn't want to write in the portal like, hey, hey girl, hey girl, hey bestie, can I take some shrooms for this infusion? I didn't want to put that on her portal because if the answer is yes, she might not write it there. Do you know what I mean? I'm not trying to fucking risk her job. Um, And then on top of it, I don't Google these things because then information that I didn't ask for will pop up. If I can Google it and then it just gives me the information that I ask for, I would. But if you fucking Google it, everything you didn't ask for will pop up. The worst case scenarios, like it just snowballs, okay? So I recommend please don't, Google what I have. Don't, and to my siblings as well, because this podcast is for whenever they feel like listening to this. Um, Don't Google it, babe. Okay. <laughs> Let me and mommy handle it. <laughs> Let us handle it. Don't Google it. And if you are going to look it up, be in the presence of someone you feel safe with who can make you feel better after you look it up. Because it's just things you can't unlearn. It's things you can't unsee. And you don't need to do that. If you don't have it, don't put this on yourself. I always say that. Like, don't try to make people experience the trauma that you've experienced. I hope no one feels this. I hope no one sees what this looks like from the inside out. I hope nobody does. That's why I don't even talk about symptoms. I don't talk about current symptoms. I don't talk about the real nasty shit because I feel like you don't need to, why traumatize others with how bad it could be? Also, the symptoms are so overlapping. What I mean by that is like a lot of the symptoms sound like what people with PCOS have, you know, just little things. So I don't want you to look at it and read like lightheaded, like fatigue and be like, oh my God, I might have this too. Because I get a lot, unfortunately, I get a lot of fucking messages of women asking me, basically wanting me to diagnose them because they feel a certain way. One, you can't do that. Don't do that to me, please. Two, go to a doctor. That's what I learned. Don't Google stuff. If you have a question, go get medical advice. Because Google is going to show you everything and everything is not going to be your answer. Because even as myself, I do not have every single symptom. That's not how it works. Like you need to get an MRI and have it read to you by a neurologist. You can't just start giving yourself medical anxiety, health anxiety, 
because you're Googling too much. Get off the fucking computer. If you have a real concern, go get test, go get checked at your earliest convenience. Like go do it that way. Do not be Googling stuff. Okay. So I would Google, can I take shrooms <laughs> for this infusion? Because shrooms do make you real fucking happy. Um, but I don't want it to bring up other stuff. So I'll, I'll just find out for my doctor. Um, the other thing that made me sad is, oh my God, should I even get into this? I feel like I shouldn't. I feel like I have to save the the other part for the Patreon because this person loves clout. Anyway, just to put it easily, I, I'm being stalked and harassed. And, um, you know, it's not that it... Well, yes, it does make me sad, but it's just, there's nothing you can do, right? When you're being stalked and harassed, there's only so much anyone can do for you until something happens. And it just makes me feel so enraged. It makes me feel so angry that I don't know what to do with it because there's nothing I can do. And anything I can do would make me the bad guy. They always talk they always talk about what you did and never what it took to fucking get you there. And that makes me fucking insane. It makes me insane. And I dealt with something what was it a couple days ago of this person harassing me again. This person makes extra accounts to contact me. I blocked everything. They'll make new accounts. They'll find new ways to contact. They contact me away in a way that I didn't even know was possible. And it, I just ignore it because I know that this person gets off on getting a response, like narcissism. Like they, doesn't matter what type of response it is. They just want a response. And I've ignored it. And then I just fucking lost it this week because I, I'm starting to feel like you don't get to just contact me because you want to. I'm not a fucking object. They, this person dehumanizes me, makes me out to be a villain, tries to manipulate me, and just treats me like I'm not even a person, just fully dehumanizing. Dehumanizing and doesn't treat me like a person, racist. Um, I'm Syrian, by the way. Is that considered racist? What do you call that? I'm part Syrian and this person is, this family is not, um, the pe- the people that surround this person, they're not a fan of that. My mother and I are Syrian and it's just, I'm just, I just lost it finally because I just feel like you can't victimize me. Like you can't, you can't just do this to me because you want to. And why are you, why do you think of me? Like, why, why any of it? I have no fucking idea. It's one of those things where you're never going to get an answer. You know what? Did you ever get like a manipulated or abused by someone narcissistic? There's never a clear fucking answer. They're never going to apologize. They're never going to validate the way you feel. They're never going to give you an answer for why. There's, it's just never going to fucking happen. There's never going to be a time where they're like, oh my God, you're right. I did this because of this. I did this. No. And you'll rack your brain trying to figure out how the fuck do you treat someone like this? How? 
but there's no answer. And the day you find the answer, you become them. So it's not even like I want to be that way or I want to know how their brain works. I do just want to be left alone. And the feeling of not having control over if someone is allowed to contact you or not, or if someone is allowed to bother you, feels so insane. It feels suffocating. It feels isolating. And then to be also put in a place of you can't defend yourself. What can I do? What can I do? Look it up. In New York, the the rules of harassment, it's like you can get a fucking restraining order, but what does that do? It's not going to fucking work. It's not going to fucking work. They don't do anything until it's too late. And it's just very frustrating. And there's a lot of irony in it. Um, Like I said, I would, if this person didn't fucking get off on clout so much, I would talk about it here. But I think it's something I would have to put privately, like on the Patreon, which I'm working on, by the way. I would have to do a private session with you guys. We can call it private sessions. It would have to be a private session because this person would fucking beam over getting attention. Beam. Love it. Gloat. Like, it would literally set their soul on fire. And uh, I'm not about to do that. I would. Listen, I would. I don't mind sharing it. I'll air it the fuck out. I got screenshots, videos, everything. But the attention, even if it's negative, would make this person happy. So I can't do it. Um, But that's really, really weighing on me. Also because I can't, yeah, mostly because I can't do anything about it. I can't. And it affects the people around me. It bothers my mom. It's obviously going to bother my boyfriend. But what can they do? Nobody can do anything. And again, I'm a burden. And again, I'm a fucking burden. (laughs) So do you see what I'm saying here? And listen, all of this is very heavy. And it's like a lot like, oh my God, Tina, you just trauma dumped on us. I understand that. And like, that's why I gave the disclaimer. However, I don't feel like this all the time. I just think that it piled on me too quick. First of all, having an infusion and an MRI in the same month and blood work and in doctor's follow-up in the same month is like a little bit too much on my plate. (laughs) That's like a little bit. That's way too much. And then being harassed again at the same time, it's like, I just feel like I can't breathe. Like I'm trying to set up for, to do Halloween videos. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to, I'm fucking working. I'm trying to get more jobs and all this. Feeling very attacked, basically. I just feel attacked and victimized. I feel like the victim today. And I won't. I won't stay like this. I I do change. Like, I know my own patterns. I'll feel like this today. And tomorrow I'll be like, that was dumb. <laughs> and then Tuesday I'll be upset. And then Wednesday I'll laugh about how I cried. I will literally, let me tell you the other thing. I'm aware of the drama because I will leave the session. I started laughing during my infusion when my mom made it up. And after I was crying and stuff, I started fucking laughing. And they were like, what are you laughing? Like, What? And my mom knows because I will laugh at myself for crying like a baby. I will laugh at this. I know it's ridiculous. I know that I should be more adult about everything. And I think it's, I'm, I think I'm just one of those people where I just have to get it out and then it passes and then I'll laugh about it. 
Like that's the routine. So it's not like I stay down and sulk for days. No, no, no. Not at all. Probably after this, I'll go dub. I have to spell it W-A-L-K. I'll go W-A-L-K share and be skipping in the fucking sun and feel better again. It's just when it gets heavy, it's fucking heavy. But I, I say all that to say I can guarantee some of you relate, whether it be your own illness or your own dealings with toxic situations. It's so heavy and it's not, listen, if it was just me, I don't think I would care that much. I don't think it would bother me as much, but knowing that this affects the people who love me is what really fucking takes me there. Like knowing that the harassment also affects my mom, also affects my boyfriend, knowing that my illness is a burden to them is what really does it for me. That part sends me over the edge. But I will snap back and um, that's today's episode. So I'm sorry that it's fucking gloomy but like I said in the beginning when I don't know what to do I lead with the truth and this is the truth and I can only be who I am and I can only be honest so this is where I am today and hopefully I have another episode I was gonna say I'll do a double this week but I don't know if I'll be able to because I don't know how I'm gonna feel after Tuesday um I don't know if I'll be in pain we're tired because that's how I felt the last time. I felt really tired. I just slept a lot and I felt a lot of pain. But I'm going to take Tylenol and hopefully that'll make me feel better. And then maybe it'll just be a fun day with my mom. I don't know. So that's it. Again, I'm so sorry that this is gloomy and fucking sad and stupid. But yeah, that's all I got today. I'm hoping next week I'm back with better news and fun stuff and where drinking iced coffee and um, laughing together. And yeah, so I'll keep you updated. I love you very, very much. Thank you for listening to me. Stay well and I love you.